free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at LeBanks, St Samson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. together in Malta, you know, Greenberry, Marines, um, brave, strong, um, superheroes that, you know, love, Tracy's emotional, is it? love climbing, uh, running, singing, dancing, you name it, they're there, they want to be outside doing everything they possibly can and love their families too. And um, I've always looked up to my dad. He's just wonderful, and I'm just so lucky to have such a super dad. Um, They've just been over, my mum and dad, to um, stay with me. And, uh, you know, you just think they're infallible. You know, they'll always be there. And on Wednesday, I was driving around. My dad loves to be out with me. We were driving in the car, and he just had a funny turn and um, wasn't talking right at all. He was just looking at me with his deep blue eyes and... I just thought, you know, something strange going on. He couldn't talk. And what he did say, he wasn't any sense. So um, I wasn't panicking or anything, but, you know, I suppose I've always grown up knowing that, you know, I wanted my dad to become a Christian just so that we could live together forever. And um, so, you know, I grew up in a non-Christian family, was born in Gosport near Portsmouth in a very much um, working-class family. And uh, God saved me at eight years old, picked me out of my family and saved me. And, um, you know, never changed my mind since. So anyway, on that was on Wednesday, and then th- overnight I just thought, you know, what if my dad goes? You know, what, what if he goes, what will I do? So I prayed that dad, uh, God would give me an opportunity to speak to dad. And um, it's very hard, actually, to speak to your dad about Christian things when they're not really, you know, that way inclined. You know, my dad loves the outside. He loves the beauty of the world. He loves animals, um, loves family. Um, Anyway, I was driving around in the car with him on Thursday, and he had sprung back to life. He was going home Thursday afternoon, 100% fit Thursday morning. He'd recovered. You know, it was only a 10, 15-minute thing he'd had on the Wednesday um, and, uh, you know, I went to check if he was all right. You sure you're all right to go home? Yeah, you know what they're like. Yeah, fine, you know, I'm out 100%. Really, you know, gave me a huge hug, and we went out in the car together. And then, I, as we were driving, I went to get some petrol for him to go back home. And as we were driving around, I thought, it just sort of hit me. I thought, maybe I'll never see him again, you know. And um, as I was driving along with him, um, he was driving. I just prayed, God, please give me an opportunity to say something. I don't know what to say. I just got to say something. And anyway, suddenly, God gave me the words and it opened up a conversation. And we got back home. Um, and 
I just said, look, Dad, you know, I've really got to say this to you and um, say, you know, I, I want to live with you forever. I don't want, you know, us to be separated. Whether you live another 10 years or I go tomorrow, you know, I want us to know that uh, we're together in heaven and God wants that too. And so I asked him if he wanted to pray with me and he did. And thankfully, praise God, led him to the Lord. And I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah. And I could go back indoors and share it with my mum, who became a Christian when I was in the group. And um, so now, if you could just pray with me that God will really bless them in their old age. Um, my dad's 83 or something like that, but you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> and uh, just pray that uh, God will bless them in their union together in the Lord and that he'll give them peace. And, I mean, he's still out and about and doing all sorts, you know, travelling and whatever. But I'm just so privileged to know yeah, now wonderful. that, you know, I'll be with my dad forever. Yeah, that's wonderful. Praise God. That's wonderful. What a nice. We just, I think it'd be good just to thank God for that and pray for Jackie's dad and also pray for... Let's stand, shall we? We want to pray for Polly as well. That was wonderful. So just, Father, we just thank you for the life that you give us. And we thank you, Lord, for the opportunities that you give us from time to time to speak about you. Thank you, Lord, for that opportunity that Jackie took to speak to her dad. And we thank you, Lord, that he's put his trust in you. Oh, Lord, we're just so appreciative of what you've done in their lives, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that there is that assurance that that he'll be with you and he'll be with Jackie one of one these days as well, as well as on earth. We pray for Polly too, Lord. Oh, Lord, our hearts go out to Polly at this time. Lord, you know how over the last year or so, we've been so concerned for her and we've been praying for her and praying for Dave and for, for their boys and their family, Lord. And, and Lord, we just... We, we just love them, Lord, and, and, and we just pray, Lord, that you'll just touch Polly, Lord, that you'll bear her up in your arms at this time. And we thank you for that opportunity that Steve Henry had just to lead him to the Lord on, on uh, yesterday morning. And Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would just touch that situation, Lord. Lord, and as the days come up and there's the funeral, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you will be in that, that meeting, Lord. And, and Lord, it, it will be a meeting of victory. It will be a meeting of glory. It will be a, a meeting where people will know that you are real and that you can move. So, Lord, we just, we just bring them daily in front of you. We bring Polly daily, daily and, and her family, Lord. Dave's boy. Lord, we pray for them that you will move in all their hearts and lives. Thank you for what you did for, for Dave, Lord. And we know he's with you now. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Nigel. Okay. No time's going, but you've got You've got your Bibles with you, Nigel? That's good, yeah, thank you. Judges chapter 3. I want to talk about a guy. I guarantee very few people in the Bible have heard of this this character. He's actually mentioned only two verses in the whole Bible that refer to him. So he's not probably someone that we're always necessarily aware of. But I think he's got a, a powerful thing to say to us. A man called Shamgar. How many have heard of Shamgar? As I suspected. 
uh, Shamgar his name. You're going to find him in Judges 3, verse 31. And there's all, I think he's got, there's only one verse, but all, I think there's a lot he's got to speak to. I want to talk about the power of one. And we realize that just as, just through, that as people we have, just as one, in a sense, one person has incredible potential, can do amazing things. Uh, Judges 3 and verse 31. And after him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad. And he also delivered Israel. I'm going to go over also to Judges 5, verse 6. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were deserted and the travellers walked along the byways. Here's a guy, Shamgar, who lived uh, about 3,000 years ago. Uh, as you know, that it says there the Israelites had come into the land, and even though Israelite, the Israelites had come into the land, they were still battling with, with, with the Philistines. Uh, still a lot of battles, a lot of things going on. And here's really, the Bible says here, that the highways were so deserted that the land had been overrun by the Philistines who were hijacking and, and Bible says almost they were ambushing them so they were like bandits that's it. it was just literally like bandits couldn't walk along the highways that's a picture interesting picture you may, it's almost like today you're afraid to walk across the road in case you're attacked or you can't go out at night in case you're attacked it's that picture and that's the sort of the kind of environment if you like that this Shangog was there in that people were afraid to come out doors walk along in case they were attacked or hijacked in some way and that was the picture of this story and there's this amazing thing. He says, Shamgar, what it says about him, he said he killed 600 Philistines, and he says there, with a ox gold. Ox gold. Now, an ox gold, basically, was you had a kind of spike at one end and a blade at the other end. Now, the, the point, if like the pointed end was to kind of make the ox go. <laughs> Give it encouragement to move sort of thing. So there was this sharp edge that you kind of move her along with. And the blade was actually to, to, to cut away and remove the, the things from the plough, really. So there's this man, Shamgar, who was literally a, a, a simple farmer. I get this picture of this farm, you know, kind of dirt, you know, all the dirt under his fingernails and I don't know, manure on his sandals, whatever, and there's this farmer. And if you look at it outwardly, you thought, that is not a man who's going to deliver Israel. That's not a man who's going to do an incredible difference. But we're told here, here's a man who wiped out 600 Philistines and saved a whole nation. So you think about it, the odds are 600 to 1. Everything's against him. But he, we're told, delivered a nation. One man delivered a nation. How many found this? Really, anything worth doing in life is never going to be easy. Often we've got to be willing to take steps out, kind of shake off fears. Isn't it amazing that fear, all kinds of fears kind of hold us back. Kind of shake off the fears and be willing often to take risks and kind of step out. And you'll find that everything done for God actually requires faith. Have you thought about that? In fact, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Is that right? So that means anything I do that actually brings pleasure to God has to be done by faith. 
And someone once said, you spell faith R-I-S-K. That's how you spell faith. Because there's always that step. There's always that kind of, if you like, that, that willing to take a risk. And, and, and I found that everything that we see in our world often has taken people who have had to take a risk to step out. The D-Day landing, for example. They had to take risks to free the world. Sending of a man to the world. Certain amount of risk in that. Writing novels like Lord of the Rings and making movies like The Passion of Christ. They all require something of a stepping out. A moving out of the comfortable zone. A a moving out of what is comfortable to us. And here was a man who was willing to step out of his comfort zone and make an incredible difference for his nation. Here's a simple thing we need to see. God uses people to do his purpose. And the more I thought about this, there's so many, you know, God really doesn't do anything without using people. Isn't that amazing? He, if you like, he only works and moves through his people. Were his co-workers. Were his channels. And often he uses not necessarily great people or outstanding people, but people like you and I who are just ordinary people. I think this man was just an ordinary man. He wasn't known for anything outstanding. He wasn't known for any great abilities or talents. He was just someone who made himself available to God. God uses individuals. Not people who are individualistic. Let me see the difference to that. But people who are individuals. One of my most favorite verses, really, in the Gospels. I just love this. It's in John 13, verse 3. And it's, it's so powerful when you think about this verse. It says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given up all things into his hands, that he came from God and he went to God. Now, there's a powerful thing about that. Because it's the following verse that kind of blows my mind when I think about it. It doesn't say after that he did an amazing miracle or raised the dead. And he did do those things. But he says this thing that when Jesus knew who he was, knew that he'd come from God, knew that all things had been given into his hands. You know what the Bible says from that, after that next verse? He took up a towel and washed the disciples' feet. And that made me think, how amazing. I just thought that verse, after that should have been, he went out and raised, you know, all these people from the dead, all these miracles. But he simply says that he went, girded himself with a towel and washed the disciples' feet. And there's a thought that came to me, really. You can never really serve people or serve God until you really know who you are. Until you really know the purpose and and the potential that God has given to you. Until you really are secure who you are in God because you'll never really be able to serve people or serve God as long as you're full of insecurity. As long as you're so full of fear, because, and there's the sometimes, and also the motives will never be truly right, because we're often we serve, really, in a sense, I think often how to, out of often to, to gain approval. We can often do things to gain approval rather than have the right motives. But Jesus, when he knew who he was, when he realized his purpose, his response to that was he washed disciples' feet. And I thought that was so awesome. That the greatest people who are able to serve 
are those who are secure and know who they really are in God. I think Christians who are are so radically in touch with who they are, so secure because they know who they are, they know their destiny and they're using their potential. And they live with so much peace, live with so much joy, ultimately the world doesn't even know what to do with us. They can't explain us because there's so much joy and so much peace and, and there's so much security there that we have this incredible ability to influence because of what Jesus has done in our lives. Can you say amen? just want to think of three steps, really, what, what Shamgar did. Here's the first thing. He started where he was. When you look at it, he only had one experience. And that's how to use an ox gold. That's all he knew what to do. That was, it. that was the only experience he had. How to use an ox gold. And I think sometimes we, we wait for the perfect conditions before we do something with our life. Until everything is in order. But I think often we've got to start where we are. Start preparing. Start planning. Start stepping out. Start where you are. Sometimes people say, if only I had more time. If only when I get things more together, I'm going to maybe step out on that dream. I'm going to fulfill that ministry God's put in my heart. I'm going to fulfill that promise God really stirred in my heart. And so often we're waiting for perfect conditions before we often step out and do anything. We want everything in order, everything right, everything together. How many realize that's probably never going to happen in life? There always will be challenges. None of us are ever going to have everything so perfectly together that that's when we're going to step out. If we wait until then, we'll wait forever. Sometimes we've got to start where we are. You think of Shamgar. He didn't say, you know what, I'm going to do it when I've got more people with me. I'm going to do it when, you know, I've got more resources or I've got, I've got better weaponry. You know, almost this kind of ox gold isn't exactly the kind of thing I need to de- defeat the Philistines. The Bible says he started where he was. It is something I kind of worked out the other day. You know, the average person lives 30,000 days. Now, a third of it will be spent sleeping. Everybody loves everybody love sleeping. You know, a, you, know, a good, you know, you ought to have make sure you kind of have your kind of eight hours. But, you know, a third of it will be spent sleeping. Another third will be eating, washing. I think this may be a bit more for the ladies. Shopping. <laughs> Going to work, work, talking, all that is is another third. And so we're left with, if you like, 10,000 days that will define our life and define our legacy. And I don't think there's ever a more perfect time to start your destiny, start your purpose, than right here today. Can you say amen? I just love this kind of thing. That I think one of the big things, often we can say, I'm too old, I'm too young, I haven't got this ability, I haven't got this talent, I haven't got this all together. You know, Wigglesworth, actually, I've often mentioned, I don't mention him very much, but odd times, uh, you know, he didn't actually start his ministry until literally to his late 50s. That's when his ministry began. Ronald Reagan, remember him? He became president at 69. Winston Churchill was 65 years of age when he became prime minister. Michael Angelo was 69 when he completed the painting on the 16th chapel. 88 when he finished the Pauline chapel. So, 
It's no good saying we're too old, too young. We start what we, where we are and we let God use our lives. And this man, Shamgar, didn't wait for the conditions were perfect. He says, God, I'm going to step out and I'm going to believe you because I believe in that you can use my life. I can imagine it. How many found often when you do things like that? I can imagine all kinds of people discouraging him. Bob doesn't say that, but I can imagine it. People saying to him, oh, you know, who do you think you are? You know, you, you, all you've got is an ox gold. How can that be of any use? And, oh, you know, look at Joshua. Joshua's an amazing man. You're nothing compared to Joshua. And, you know, you've got nobody with you. How do you think, how do you, think you can achieve anything? And after all these kinds of oppositions and often discouragements, could have so easily held him back. But he believed that God could use him to make a difference. And remember this, he faced a hopeless situation. He was alone. He had nobody, no man, no woman to help him. All he had was one long wooden pole. Lots of reasons why he couldn't succeed. Lots of reasons why he couldn't do what he felt God had put in his heart to do. But he knew this, him and God made a majority. He knew this, that if God was for him, then who could be against him? He knew that if God was with him, that nothing could be impossible for him. Now listen to this. This is, this is actually incredible when I, when, I, when I read this and brought this out. In 1855, there was a Sunday school teacher named Howard Kimball. He walked into a shoe store in Boston, U.S., and he saw a shoe salesman unwrapping products. And he felt the love of God for this man. And he started to share the gospel with him. That young man got saved, and his name was D.L. Moody, who became a great evangelist. He came to England to preach the gospel, and a man called F.B. Meyer, how many have heard of F.B. Meyer? Some of you may have heard of him. Who wanted to be rich and famous, his heart was touched and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And when he got saved, he became a preacher and he went to the U.S. And the one who heard him preach was a man called James Wilbur Chapman. And his soul was so stirred by the message, he became an evangelist too. And one of the men he reached through his evangelism was a man called Billy Sunday, who in his day was a great baseball player, a sporting hero of his time. And he became a great evangelist. He was told to go and encourage some discouraged evangelist, a guy called Mordecai Ham, who was stirred again, and he was stirred as I do meetings in a small town, one of them called Charlottetown. And during one of those meetings in 1934, there was a young man struggling with God. He gave an altar call, and only one person responded, a man called Billy Graham. And Billy Graham, we know, has won millions and millions, billions of people for the Lord. You think about it. It all began with one man sharing with just a young shoe, shoe work, someone in the, in the shoe shop working, and from that, boom, everything exploded. This incredible link that took place. And I just think this is so amazing. That what we have, we may think it's so small, but you'll never know how your words can impact someone. You'll never know how your actions, your deeds, the impact that can have on people. It might be just a little mighty, if you like, just a, a little small step. It might be just a little tribble tree. 
How many know that can lead into an amazing river? Something that we think so small, and yet God can do amazing things with it. I heard a story about a, a plumber. And he woke up one morning and he was very, very depressed because as he saw on the news, it was, it was, it was, a, it was in England, everything had frozen over, and he was told there were 10,000 homes that were frozen. And he thought he was so depressed. And he just sat on the, he sat there, felt so depressed. And his wife came along and kind of pulled him out of his chair. Thank goodness, thank God for wives. And I kind of pulled him out of the chair and shoved him out to work. Uh, and he came back absolutely rejoiced. He was happy. He, he was so happy, so, you know, excited. He says, you know what? There are now 9,998 homes. Only, sorry, only 9,998 homes left that are frozen. Two have been kind of freed. Now, two doesn't seem a lot, but for those two people, how many realised that was amazing? And I think there's something we need to have. Sometimes we think we grab these amazing big things. But sometimes I think God often starts something small. You may not be able to do everything, but you can do something. If some of those little things become amazingly big in the kingdom, if you're a student, you can have an impact on your classmates. In your workplace, you can have an in- incredible influence on your work colleagues. Things that often seem so small, so insignificant, yet as we allow God to use them, they become amazing things. Here's the second thing. The Bible says he used what he had. He used what was in his hands. And here's the issue, really. What has God put in your hand? What is your ox gold? What have you you got in your life today? What about, I think this is powerful, what about a dream, for example? I think one of the languages of the Holy Spirit is, is a dream. It says of Martin Luther King. But when he was at college, he was told he would never make a public speaker. They said to him that the way you speak, the, the words you use, they're too deep. You'll never, make, you'll never make a public speaker. But he had a dream. And 15 years later, he gave one of the greatest civil rights speeches ever given. He says, I have a dream. And the whole nation heard it and was changed. And there's something about the fact that God wants to pour a dream in our hearts. Shamgar had a dream. He believed that he could take that ox gold and with it he could defeat the Philistines. He had a dream and that dream gripped his heart. That dream did amazing things in him. And I think dreams are incredibly powerful. They fill you with hope. They motivate you. They give you the courage to take risks. I think a dream should be bigger than you. And God would say, because I've given you I've stirred something. I've placed something in your heart. If you're willing to step out on that dream, then I will do amazing things. I'll move heaven and earth to meet the desires that I've placed in your heart. I just think dreams are just so important. And I'm not saying you're going to have necessarily a dream that's going to you know, go to all the nations of the world. But I believe God wants to put something in every heart. 
That reason, that purpose, that destiny, that thing God wants to stir your heart with, that thing that can actually be part of something amazing and awesome, that can actually shake a nation, amen? Here's the second thing that God puts in our hands. He puts a dream there, but he puts talent there. God puts all kinds of talents and abilities in our life. You might be able to do amazing things with the computers. Maybe you can teach children. Maybe you've got gifts of mercy. Maybe gifts of compassion. Maybe you're amazing at talking to people. Maybe you can write. Maybe you can sing. You can do all kinds of things. Those are talents that God puts in our lives. Look what it says about John chapter 6. And it's, when you think about it, you can see how this connects together in John 6. Where Jesus fed the 5,000. He said to the disciples, go and buy something. And they said, there is nothing. There's just one little boy who has loaves and fishes. You think about it. Fishes are what God creates. Isn't that right? But loaves are something that people make. And I thought that incredible combination that we, do the, we use what we have and it seems so small and so, so insignificant, but the moment we give it to God, we can multiply and do amazing things with it. And I've seen that over and over again. People have taken things that seem so small and, and so insignificant. Just a, a, a little word maybe, just a small dream that seems so small but, and it seems so, so, so insignificant. But when they say, God, I just give this to you, we just use it. Just that small talent I have, would you just use it? Just that, just that ability I have, would you just use it? As it's given to God, you'll be amazed what God can do. I believe with all my heart, God has given everything that we need to be successful believers. Look at one verse. 2 Peter 1 verse 3. Look what he says. All his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. In other words, God has given us all that we need. And sometimes the only thing we lack is the ability to apply ourselves and use those talents. And you'll be amazed. I think God also gives creative ability. If you say, God, I've got this gift, I've got this talent, would you show me how I can use it? Give me opportunity. And the Bible says that I think gifts make room for themselves. I've found that. Anything and a gift on your life, it makes room for you. Opportunities come. Things begin to open up for you as you begin just to use what you have. God begins to open incredible doors. It grows and expands and, and just develops. But first of all, you've got to take it and you've got to use it often in a small way. Just think of that word Medigave this morning. How that kind of grew. It kind of spread. It kind of grew and, and expanded. And that's what God does with many things. Sometimes just one word. When it's given to God, God can expand, develop it, enlarge it, and do something amazing and awesome with it. Talking of D.L. Moody, I mean he started a Sunday school with just two men, just two young guys. He became the biggest Sunday school in New York. Touched over 600 young people. That's how he began. We just began. And often so many things often begin in small ways. We just give it to God. And we allow him and believe that he will multiply it and make it something amazing, so impacting. You can say amen. Here's a third thing that I think God's put in our hands. 
It's enthusiasm. Someone described enthusiasm as a state of exuberance in which all things seem possible. Have you found that? When somebody's enthusiastic, everything seems possible. Often when they're really full of enthusiasm, you'll never talk them out of it. Is that right? Because almost it, it, it kind of, they think nothing's impossible. I can do it. You know, nothing can stop me. And when you're excited, you're passionate about all things are possible. I don't think Shagmar could actually have done this without enthusiasm. He had to know that all things were possible. I think energy comes from enthusiasm. It electrifies your soul. It makes your heart sharper. Even when you've got to make a bigger step. You know what the word enthusiasm actually means? You know it's a Christian word. How many realize that? The word enthusiasm means in God. So how do you get enthusiasm? In God. So if I want to really get real spiritual enthusiasm, it comes from in God. So the more in God I get, the more enthusiastic I get. The more I believe all things are possible. And I think someone said this, enthusiasm is faith set on fire. I love that. Faith on fire. How many say God stirred up enthusiasm in us? It's amazing that when someone's enthusiastic, have you seen anyone? Could be about anything, even in natural things, when you see anyone enthusiastic about it. You know, often those of us, some of us guys, we see, I see incredible enthusiasm about sport. How many have seen that? I met one guy the other day, he actually, for his sin, supports Man United, but I forgave him. But the thing was, he went, literally every week he flew from Guernsey to Old Trafford. Literally every time there was a home game, he flew there every single week. That's, how many think that's, that's enthusiasm? Or, I don't know, <laughs> blindness or <laughs> crazy, I don't know. But the point really is that, People, when you get enthusiastic about it, I mean, in fact, you never see the cost of it. You, you never see that, that, that it's actually costing you something because you're so enthusiastic about it. You're so stirred in your heart about it. Almost nothing can stop you from doing it. And that's why we need that enthusiasm. Here's the third thing, and here's the last thing I'll finish with this. Much more, as many things with this. The Bible says he did all he could. Sometimes you've got to do all that you can. Do your best and you'll be amazed in what God can do with you. You know what the word shamgar means? The word shamgar means hear and obey. I love it. That's what his name means. Hear and obey. For example, here was a man who heard from God and did what God told him to do. Can you imagine that? Go out and kill 600 Philistines with a stick, basically. I mean, that is a pretty strong word. But I believe he heard and obeyed. He, was, he listened to God and quickly obeyed God. Because he realized there's one thing he could do above all else. And every one of us can do this. All of us can pray. Can you say amen? Every one of us can pray. Every one of us can come before God. I think that is so important. I think you'll be amazed what God can do when you're on your knees. He can achieve far more just in one hour on your knees than what you can achieve with all your energy, with all your natural ability. Amen. There's something about prayer that allows God to do amazing things. I think of, 
I can just think this past year, I just think of all kinds of circumstances, all kinds of answers to prayer. Things often in the natural did seem impossible, but prayer brought it to pass. It was prayer who brought the breakthrough. It was prayer who caused God to do amazing things. People are saved because we prayed, amen. People are in the kingdom right now because people prayed. And I think we just allow God to do amazing things when we pray. And I don't think you're ever as strong as you are when you are on your knees. Isn't that awesome? And I think one of the, the part of prayer, which is, I know I just want to spring a little bit on, is declaring the word in prayer. It's not praying clever ideas or, 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 or I don't know, concepts, but it's allowing the Holy Spirit to begin to stir things in us. To allow ourselves, let the Holy Spirit lead us and direct us as we pray. And it's amazing what the Holy Spirit does as we make ourselves available for him to work through us. And we begin to declare the word over contrary circumstances. One of the words I think God has more and more in my heart, more and more, is, is the healing of the land. 1 Chronicles. If my people, who are called by my name, will turn from their wicked ways will pray and humble themselves, I will heal the land. And it's just that phrase, the healing of the land, that kind of stirs me. Because God wants to heal the land. He wants to heal Guernsey, amen? Politicians are not going to heal the land in Guernsey. No economic policy is going to heal the land in Guernsey. No clever environmental issue is going to heal the land in Guernsey. We are the people that are going to heal the land in Guernsey. As we begin to declare the word over this land, over this nation, over this island, we begin to declare God's will, God's purpose, God's ways over this island, you'll be amazed that God begins to come and begins to heal the land. I love to read things like the Welsh Revival, where they began to pray for God to heal the land. And in just three months, 100,000 people came into the kingdom because they believed that God could heal the land, heal the brokenness, heal the pain, heal the division. God could heal the land. And I only believe God can do it again. He's just looking for people who've got this spirit of, of Shamgar who said, God, I really believe that as I pray and I obey you and, and do what your word says, that we can see incredible change and influence. I believe that you can heal the land. And I think this, the next thing we can do, and I haven't got time to go into it, is that we can all walk in love. Is that right? Every one of us can walk in love. You'll be amazed that acts of love can just bring incredible changes in people's lives. How many have found that just in your own life? That someone has encouraged you, brought some act of love into your life. It's just stirred you, moved you, and and propelled you, and encouraged you forward. There's something about acts of love that that God wants to use. And we're all part of that. We all can show acts of love. And as we begin to move and flow in that spirit, we begin to do incredible changes. We begin to make a difference in our world and on our island. And we begin to heal the land as we begin to say, God, here I am I. I want to be like this. This man. I haven't got great talents. I haven't got great abilities. But I really believe that that you can use me. 
I just make myself available as a vessel for you to use. Maybe it might be in just a small way. Maybe just apparently a small thing. But I just believe it can do something amazing and awesome with it. Let's just come before the Lord right now. You just stand just, just become before him in these moments. And... I just want you right now to say, Lord, ask yourself the question, what have you put in my hands? What's there in my hands? Probably it's the most important question that can ever be asked. God said to Moses, what's that in your hand? It's probably the most important question anyone can ask you. What's in your hand? I think God's put, some of us, he's put, I just feel this strongly today. I think God's put prophetic words in people's minds and people's hearts. Prophetic words. God's put that something in your hand to use. It may be a talent you've never really thought that God could use. But why don't you just want to say, Lord, I'm just giving that talent to you. I don't know how, even know how you can use it. But it's in my hand and I'm just offering it for you. Wherever the resources are, wherever God has put in your hand, he put it in, in Shamgar's hand just, a, just a, a stick. And through that he delivered a whole nation. I think God's put something in your hand that can actually make a difference in an incredible way to this island. Just offer it to the Lord today. Say, God, I'm offering talents, resources, gifts, abilities today. I want to be someone that you can use to make a difference. Don't let the enemy tell you that what you have isn't important. Don't let the enemy tell you what you do isn't valued. I believe that all those things that are brought before him can just make an incredible difference. I'll tell you what today, if you want to do that, just, just put your hand before the Lord right now. And would you use them to touch this island? Would you use them to, to touch nations? Would you use them, Lord, to, to make a difference? into all all people and communities around us, Lord. Use them to make a difference. We offer them to you. God, thank you that you're raising up in this day, Lord, the most unlikeliest people that are going to shape nations. And so today, God, we come to you. And thank you, Lord, that that you use us. We say, Lord, use us for channels of your glory this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.